I hope so. <laughs> Make sure. Am I on? Make sure. Check your pockets. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yes, I am on. You all can hear me, right? Okay. It's a good thing I'm, I was here early this morning so I could get Pastor Gary straight on how to work this, this microphone. <laughs> yeah. Um, before I begin, I just want to let you know we forgot to mention one person in the prayer, and that's Rose Rosemary. Uh, she was was sent to Baltimore for for the operation. They sent her back. Whoever was donating the the uh, liver, something went wrong. They weren't ready. She had to come back home. Can you imagine the weight she had, and then to go over, anticipating, and then to be sent back back home? So be praying for Rose Rosemary, please. Also, Anna May said that there's Bible study books in the back for up through February. Yeah, um, December, January, yeah. December, January, February. Sunday school books. Okay, they're it, they're back they're back there. Also, you, and you have your and you have your card list. Um, I think that that's about it with anything that I had extra. Before I begin, I just want. To Want to have Chris pray for me before I start? Chris? Whatever you want to do. Whatever you want to do, pal. Thank you, Chris. It usually, you know, um, in the past it's taken me a couple months of advance notice to give a message. This time, I'm really improving now. It was two weeks. So I'm really doing better. <laughs> and uh, I hope and pray that what comes from me will ring true with you. I can't get over how the, prayer that already, the prayers that already gave and Debbie's reading this morning are the lead-in. For what I have, God works in wonderful ways, doesn't he? So here we are, three days after Thanksgiving, and some of you are thinking about Christmas already, while some of you don't even want to think about Christmas yet. And then there are those of you who celebrate Christmas year, year round. And then there's the last group. And I hope no one seated here is in that group. The ones who don't celebrate Christmas at all. The world throws too much confusion, like Artie was talking about, distractions on us during the holidays. Especially with emphasis on presents, decorations, black shopping days. You know, now there's 
the slogan that I really get bent out of shape about, and I'm not being funny about this. Every time I hear that slogan, I cringe. I detest it, just like Jesus detested the Pharisees. And this is why. Not only does Black Friday get longer and drawn out every, every year, but as far as I'm concerned, Dean, I think you'll agree with this, the only Black Friday in the history of the world was the one when Jesus hung on the cross. Amen. That's the one and only Black Friday for me. But now I'm getting off track. That's something for a later date to talk about. And believe me, I can. And if I get the chance, I will. <clears throat> you have Christmas trees, which seem to get more expensive every year, wind up costing a fortune once they become fully decorated, not to mention the gifts, which put some folks in a financial crunch for the rest of the year, the following year. We do all these things every year without understanding or knowing why we do it. People will say, it's how I grew up. It's what our family's been doing ever since I was a child. Or it's always been a tradition in our home. That's all they know is, tra is the tradition that they have as a family. But this year, possibly more than any other year, I feel we need to know and appreciate why we do what we do at Christmas. When we understand the why, then I think it becomes so much more meaningful and alive to us and within us. It reminds us of what happened in our history that caused us to be where we are, or it reminds us of how we became who we are. The symbols of the holiday season would mean so much more if we knew the why behind them. In the Christian church, we celebrate the season of Advent, but does anyone really know what Advent is? Anyone out there want to give the, the description of, ad, of ad, Advent? Would anyone want to be brave enough to say what it actually means? Anyone? Okay. If I were sitting out there, I would, do, I would be the same unless I read this. I'm pretty confident that many of we Christians don't understand the history of why we do what we do when celebrating Christmas traditions. Advent is important in the Christian church. It's important enough that each year many churches set out a wreath with candles and each week share a reading, just like Debbie did, and light a different colored candle. We sit there and we listen and we sing and then we move on. But if we understood the why behind this event, then maybe it would become something more significant. It could become something that touches our very heart and soul and moves us to worship. When you grasp what these symbols represent, stop and meditate on the events and memories and scriptures that each item reminds us of and represents, which I couldn't think of a better time than, than the first one this morning with Debbie and Artie 
grasping what they said and what this means. Then you will begin to get a firm grasp on the power behind these events and you will be moved to worship. Simply put, our traditions are here to put life into perspective. They are our yearly visual visual reminders of what we are here for on this earth. Not for presents and Black Fridays and big family dinners, but to love God, love people, and follow Jesus. They are our reminders that there is much more to life and afterlife than ourselves. They are symbols that represent the fact that there is something greater out there. As the old song says, somebody bigger than you and I. That we can imagine when when we grab hold of that truth, worship will happen. Life will suddenly have meaning. And joy will fill us to the brim. The problems we think are problems suddenly don't seem so big. And this year, in fact, has probably been the most demanding and challenging that many of us have ever faced. Advent is a powerful reminder of what was, what is, and what is still to come. So let's get into the power behind Advent. I'm going to read to you from Ephesians Chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith, and this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. There, brothers and sisters, is the reason for the season. We were given the greatest present, the greatest gift, that has and could ever be given salvation by faith in Jesus Christ. 
He came to earth for one specific reason, to die for you and me. And one day he will return again for his followers. It is a very powerful, life-changing experience that can only be believed through faith. I frequently call it the greatest story ever told. The, the tradition of Advent was started to be a reminder of the anticipation of God's earlier followers and the expectation of his present followers, of which there are not nearly enough. Over 2,000 years ago, there was huge anticipation by God's people, the Hebrews, that a Messiah was coming. That Messiah would be the people's only way of salvation from sin and their only hope for eternal life with God in heaven. God's followers after the death of Christ to this very day were filled with expectation that one day Jesus Christ would return for, for his people, Jew and Gentile alike, who believed in his name. Advent reminds us of the past miracles and the present hope for the future, which by many accounts of prophecy is not far down the road. The tradition of Advent dates back to the Roman Catholic Church. Before there was ever a Wesleyan, Baptist, Episcopal, or non-denominational church, after the Reformation, when many left the Catholic Church and began the Protestant Church, the tradition of Advent was kept and continued to be practiced yearly. The wreath and candles are a great visual aid to help us remember what we have and what we hope for. The circle wreath represents God. That's the base. It is a circle to symbolize God's eternity and endless mercy. He has no beginning and no end. It is green. We would have green. We need some, we need some greens there, Gene. We need some greens. <laughs> it is green because green is the color of hope. I picked on Gene. I'm sorry. <laughs> the hope we have in God, newness. Renewal and eternal life, it brings about a feeling of freshness, like what you experience when spring arrives and God's creation bursts open with new life. The four outer candles represent a period of waiting during the four Sundays of Advent for the coming Messiah. They also symbolize the four centuries that passed between the prophet Malachi and the birth of Christ. The fifth candle, the Christ candle, higher than, than the others, light of all the candles, represents the light of God coming into the world through the birth of his son. The colors of the candles have meanings as well. You always see three purple or blue, one red, and one clear or white. 
Purple represents repentance. And royalty. Red represents joy. Clear or white represents the purity of Christ. Perfect. Divine. You can go to anyone's house and it doesn't matter whether they believe in God or not. They may be the biggest atheist in the world. But if they have a tree in their house, they are displaying the hope of a coming Savior whether they know it or not. The star or angel on a tree represents the star told about in the, in the nativity story, or the angels who appeared to the shepherds to announce the Messiah's birth. The colored lights represent the same hope, joy, royalty, and repentance that God gives. The tree is traditionally an evergreen, that never loses its color. It is eternally green, displaying the color of hope in an eternal God. Pretty awesome, wouldn't you say? You can call Christmas anything you want, but you can never escape what the symbols of Christmas truly mean. What are the two primary Christmas colors? What are they? Red and green. Hope in God, joy in believing, hope and joy. That is what Advent reminds us of. That no matter how good or bad your year has been, with God there is always hope and joy. And anything is possible with God, right? Advent is a powerful reminder that God will never leave us or forsake us. And that he is coming again. It's our reminder that he still desires for no one to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Something it seems more and more people just don't have the whatever to do. When I drive by people's homes... And I do that during the Christmas season a lot. And look at their lights and fancy decorations. I don't see, just see a fancy dis display. I see someone in that house who is possibly yearning for hope and joy. Did you ever do that? You go by someone's house and you see the lights and think, gosh, that's, I've never seen lights there before. Uh, so and so, something must be going on for them to be that that decorative. I mean, you, I, I have thoughts about that type thing. It brings me joy just to see it. And no year will stress those two words more than the year 2020. Some of them might be saying without knowing it that they are missing something in their life. Now here's where we come into it. That there is a void they can't quite put their finger on. Maybe, just maybe, as the Grinch said, Christmas means just a little bit more. Salvation in Christ. Hope and joy in believing in God. I hope you're seeing why this is so powerful. It is such an awesome reminder for us 
not just of who God is, but that God still desires to forgive. And boy, do we need forgiveness. God still loves every one of us and desperately wants us to come to him, to ask him into our hearts and to be his followers. We may not think people want to hear that. We may worry about being rejected or hurt or pushed away. But why do you think churches attended more on Christmas and Easter than any other time? Because people want that void in their life filled. They want God. They need God. They just don't know how to get him. And we fail miserably in helping people find Christ. We have perfect opportunities to help people find him, and we let those opportunities slip through our hands each and every day. Those two times a year that churches attended more is that time when I believe the lost are silently crying out, Help me, I can't do it. I don't know what to do or how to do it. They come to church out of guilt or out of desperation or out of pressure. It doesn't matter why they come, but they do. It's a perfect opportunity opportunity to be bold in our faith about Jesus Christ and the love, hope, joy, and forgiveness he wants to give them. And it's the perfect time for us Christians to stand up for Christ and help whoever wants or needs help in their search for him. Advent is the reminder that God did so much for us. What have we done for him this year? How did we stand up for him? How did we serve him? How did we witness for him? Advent allows us to reflect on all these questions and more, especially, again, in the year 2020. Most of us probably don't want to answer these these questions. They make us uneasy. But that's why we need these traditions, because if we don't feel challenged in our faith and bold in our testimony and witness and willing to serve others before we serve ourselves, like Artie was talking about when he prayed, then we are wasting our time. Something Jesus Christ never did during his 33 years was waste his time of ministry on this earth. In closing, I would like to point out one more important fact about the word Advent. It is just three letters short of an even bigger word that puts Advent in perfect perspective. Can you think of those three letters? Adventure. I've often said that the book of Acts is the book of adventure. And the Apostle Paul went full throttle when it came to adventure. And all for the sake of sharing and spreading the good news. 
He, like Jesus, never shirked from responsibility, adversity, or hardship. He boldly charged ahead and never looked back. In the book of Matthew, after the risen Christ had shaken the world with the greatest show on earth, Jesus appeared to his disciples one last time and told them this. From Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. The disciples did that, but only after Jesus had sent them the Holy Spirit, who he had promised to blaze a path for them. And now, in the coming days, weeks, months, and years ahead, no matter what lies ahead, may we take heed and do as Jesus told the teacher of the law after asking him, who was the one who was a neighbor, a good Samaritan to the man who fell into the hands of robbers and was beaten and left for dead? And the expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, do you remember what Jesus told him? Go and do likewise. Jesus didn't say do the best you can to be like him, or when you get a chance, see of what help you may be for him, or even worse, do what you can, but don't get carried away. No, Jesus said go. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Go and do likewise. He gave a command, an order from the commander-in-chief of the universe. May we follow his lead, and do likewise. Don't forget to add the U-R-E to Advent and make it an adventure. Make life with Christ an adventure. Belief in Christ is not a burden. It is not a chore. It is not work. It is an adventure, a journey. Now let us go and keep it that way. And be a sweet fragrance to the, to the Lord. Amen? For my closing prayer, I would also like to quote Jesus from the book of Matthew. What he told his disciples in exhorting them to move on, to move forward. And this speaks to us as well today, especially the first day of Advent and this first candle that has been lit. Jesus told his disciples, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. And now I say to you all, now go 
light your candle so all the world can see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Hallowed be his name. Amen.